when we would run on kids, it, it would, it, it was sad for me, but it really didn't affect me how it did until I started having my own. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. So, long story short, for those that don't know, uh, this is Kyle Olson, works at my department, a very near and dear friend of mine. Um, He contacted me, what, a month ago, said you would like to tell your story. And uh, it should be uh, interesting and helpful for those. uh... Yeah, so I don't really. Um, I'll start by just telling everybody what I know of your story, and then I'm going to let you run with it. How does that sound? Sounds awesome. Okay. So Kyle is, when I was a company officer about five years ago, give or take, um, I was a new company officer. Kyle was a driver that came over to be my driver and I've always taken pride and considered myself uh, connected to my men, the guys on my, on my crew, my crew. I've always taken pride in that. And I've always felt like I was a company officer that was connected, knew what was going on in their lives, uh, could talk to them about their family, their problems, their issues. And so it, um, I, I still remember the day I got the phone call and I got a phone call out of the blue on our day off. And that, that was my driver, Kyle, who I thought I knew and, 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 and from all intents and purposes had the perfect life, uh, two beautiful boys, beautiful wife, everything. And I got a phone call <clears throat> that you were in a field with a shotgun on a very, very, very dark day. And that, uh, the rest of that day, um, getting to you, finding you, helping you, um, getting you to help, I should say. And it hit me. I, so that, that is my side of the story. Everything I knew at the time was, was, how well, even though I thought I was connected, how much can be going on behind the scenes inside uh, people and, and what they're going through that you have no clue of. And so anyway, that's kind of the, the how my side of the story went leading into that day. And then I'm going to let you talk now because this is your story way more than mine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that, that, that day will forever stay with me. Um, You know, when you and I discussed coming on here and um, I thought about it and, you know, kind of throwing all your shit there out there for everyone to see and hear is kind of intimidating a little bit. And uh, but I thought to myself, I talked to my wife and I thought, you know what, if it if it helps just one person me sharing my story and how low I was to where I am now and it helps them, then it's absolutely worth it. There's no questions. So uh, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, 
what you said, Chief, with uh, me being in that field with that shotgun, that, that, that was the worst day of my life. But what I'd like to do is, is give you a little, you know, a quick rundown of my life and to where, why it got that way. Um, you know, my, my parents uh, were married. Um, they married very young. They had me when they were very young. They divorced. You know, I was doing the whole 50-50 deal. Um, uh, lived with my mom. You know, she worked two jobs, doing everything she could to uh, put food on the table for us. You know, um, we live in an apartment. Um, my dad remarried, um, got remarried, and they were starting a new family, and uh, they were fixing to have a baby, and the wife that he was married to didn't want to have anything to do with me. So basically uh, my dad vanished for, you know, um, a while, um, you know, no uh, holidays, no birthdays, no nothing. Um, so it was just me and my mom. Um, so I had a sense of uh, uh, abandonment, or if, if you say that. Um, during that time, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here, you know, at the age of, you know, 10 or so and thinking that, you know, I've lost my dad and now I'm fixing to lose my mind, uh, my mom. And, uh, I, you know, the anxiety that I was feeling at that time at such a young age, uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was called. I, I just knew that I felt different and, um, you know, uh, it, it was a very trying time for me, but my coping mechanism back then was I, I was very involved in sports and basketball. And so, you know, it was uh, every day get off the school bus and uh, go get the kids from the apartment. And, you know, we'd play basketball till dark. Um, you know, like I said, my mom was working two jobs uh, during this time and, and uh, you know, she was gone a lot. So it was a lot of me raising myself and having to grow up at a very young age um, by myself. You know, I, I took pride in that I, I was the man of the house, and that's, that's how I carried myself. Um, fast forward a little bit. Um, my dad divorced. He realized what he did, um, and he knew that it was a toxic relationship. And so now, I, now he comes back in, into my life and um, – you know, he goes through a series of, of major events that caused him to uh, go on a downward spiral after that. Um, I didn't say before, but my dad is also a firefighter as well as my grandfather. Um, but he lost a, uh, a really dear friend of him, of his, on uh, the highway on a car wreck. Um, car swerved off, hit him off the road, and, and he passed away. And The uh, line of duty deaths? It was a line of duty death. Okay. And uh, so he's dealing with that. Um, you know, I, he, he had a brother um, that committed suicide during this time. He lost his father. Just a lot of uh, negative events uh, were in his life. And, um, you know, I think what a lot of Americans do, a lot of firemen do to cope is, uh, you know, they start turning to alcohol. And... Um, you know, he, he started drinking and, uh, you know, the, uh, it spiraled out of control. 
And at that time, you know, I'm, I'm at the uh, junior high, high school age. Um, you know, I'm trying to deal with all these stresses of life. Uh, uh, basically, the roles were reversed. I was the father and, and he was the son. And, and I, I carried that with me. But every day I would go to school and I would put a smile on my face. I'd still play sports um, and I, I would move on. So I got really good, I guess, at being a chameleon, you know. Um, Just masking. Masking. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like what you said in, in the leading up story is you had no idea. You had no idea that I was struggling with everything that I was struggling with. Uh, you know, my my anxiety right then really ramps up. Um, um, and I, I'm doing the best that I can to cope with it. Um, by then, you know, I, uh, I turned 21 and I get introduced to alcohol and, um, I'll never forget, um, seeing my, my father go through what he went through and what, where it took him to me saying I would never touch that stuff. I remember taking the first drink and it was um, a huge sigh of relief. It was like the weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I could breathe. I felt normal. There were no stresses or anxieties in my life. Same so, when you drank? Right. When you started drinking? Okay. <clears throat> so I hired on the job. Uh, it's always been a dream of mine to, to be a fireman, you know, to carry on the family tradition. Um, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, get on the job and I'm doing good. Uh, my dad's kind of up and down, up and down. Um, you know, um, I get married and let me back up a little bit during all this time uh, in sixth grade. I, that's when I met Tori, my wife. And we started dating, you know, junior high, high school. And uh, so she knew everything that was going on. And even back then, she was very supportive and tried to understand everything that was going on. Um, you know, as a young adult, child, whatever, um, having to deal with that, um, carried a burden with me and I didn't know how to react. So fast forward, get on the job. Life's good. Uh, Tori and I get married. We start having kids. Um, you know, you know, out of, out of my rookie brothers, um, you know, I'd, I would always ask them, you know, have you ran on any kids? And, you know, they would say no or whatever. And I, I guess you could say I had my bad luck with kids, running on kids. And um, when we would run on kids, it, it would it, it was sad for me, but it really didn't affect me how it did until I started having my own. Right. And that that's when it really hit hard. And, uh, you know, I, I, I ran a lot of kid calls. Um, but I think when it really started compounding was uh, May 20. And, you know, Chief, you were there. Um, and for, for those of you not from Oklahoma, you know, we had a big 
tornado to come through our metro area and do a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, I was at Plaza Towers, and uh, it was the first time that um, that uh, I could not I could not shake it. I could not shake what I was feeling. Um, pulling, pulling the kids out and looking over and seeing the parents and the emotions that they were going through and the hope and, and everything, all, all that they were going through was, you know, it was a hard, it was a hard pill to swallow. And, uh, but I looked at all the guys that were there and they seemed to be doing fine. So I should be doing fine. So I, I trucked on and I, you know, I kept moving forward. Um, promote to lieutenant. Um, my first shift as being a lieutenant, we make a, uh, uh, commercial structure fire apartment. We get there and my captain is, going crazy at the stop, top of the staircase and he's yelling for me to get up there and I get up there and there's two twins, uh, probably nine months old laying there and they went in to fight the fire and me and this other fireman, you know, we sat there and, uh, you know, we started working them and uh, it's the, it's the first time in my career that, you know, I've ever had to do mouth to mouth. Uh, you know, it's always BBM or, you know, they're innovated or whatever, but sure. <clears throat> and then uh, a series of other calls, um, probably a, a six-week span that it was like we were making a child death every week, every tour. And I remember looking at the captain, and, and we were getting back, and I was like, I can't take one more kid. I, I can't do it. And uh, during this – during. You know, during this time, uh, Tori loses a baby, um, and I go to a, uh, you know, my dad, my dad is really uh, bad off, and I go to a very dark fucking place. Um, and I, I hate saying this now, but I want to be real with everyone, is, uh, you know, I... Uh, I didn't believe, I, I didn't want to believe in God. Um, there wasn't a God, in my opinion. And if there was a God, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. Um, that's just kind of my mindset then. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, you know, my dad, you know, gets some help and, uh, and then it's like, there's no one else's shit to focus on except for my own. And that that's when I really started spiraling. And, uh, you know, I was fine at work. Like you said, you know, I'd come to work, work hard, work hard and, uh, push on. And I had a side business at the time. I get, get off work, go do my side business. And then four or five o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I'd come home and start drinking beer. And uh, that was my routine for a long time, and that's how I coped with it. Um, I I didn't want to face my demons. You know, I was constantly running from them and, uh, you know, trying to hide. And, 
you know, that's, that's what leads me up to, um, you know, I remember Tori, you know, I, I guess the only person that could see the signs were Tori. And, uh, you know, she, you know, I was sleeping a lot. I, um, there was a lot of isolation, um, obviously, you know, drinking, drinking every night. Um, but the only times that I would feel normal is when I was drinking or, uh, at work. And so that's, you know, that's the only time that's where I wanted to be was at work or, or drinking. Right. And this went on for, you know, a good while until like three months, you know, I used to have the, uh, mentality that, that uh, people would, we'd run on people that were depressed and I'd be like, you know, what are you depressed about? You know, you have a roof over your head, you have food on the table, electricity, there's nothing to be depressed about. Sure. And then, uh, until it hit me and, uh, you know, like I said, man, it was, it was a dark, dark place I was in. And, uh, you know, I, I just hit my limit and I hate saying this, um, but I thought the the only way to get through this was to end it. And, uh, you know, it gives me chills to this day um, to think about that um, because, you know, I'm sitting here and I have a beautiful wife, uh, beautiful boys uh, that I love with all my heart. But deep down inside, I was struggling. I was, you know, I, I was losing my mind. And, uh, so, you know, that's, that's the day that, you know, I, you got the phone call and, uh, I didn't know what else to do. I, you know, to me, it was a, it was a cry out for help because I, I felt like I had, I had dealt with things, but I really didn't. And, uh, so that led me into the phone call. So, uh, you know, I go, I go and get the help that I need. I go to uh, Jackson, Mississippi for three months. Um, and, you know, that, that was a difficult time for my family because my boys didn't understand. Um, it, it, it was by far, besides the, the depression, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. I'd rather run 24 marathons than have to go do that all over again. Um, but I came home and, uh, you know, like you and I have talked before is the three months in, in Jackson was, it, I, I wouldn't say that it helped me. Um, you know, I quit drinking. Um, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic, but I used alcohol to, um, as my coping mechanism to suppress sure. the feelings that I was feeling. Um, so I came home, I was sober, but I, I was still struggling. But it wasn't until the point where I met with the counselor and we started digging deep. And, uh, you know, we faced, faced those demons head on. And that's when the healing process began for me. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a lot. It, it's been a long road. I mean, it's been almost five years. Right. Um, but I say this in that 
anyone out there struggling that, you know, if you see the signs, you know, it's not a sign of weakness. You, you got to take care of yourself. Um, you know, I see way too many guys um, going down bad roads and it doesn't get good. You know, you, you have to face those, those demons head on. So, <clears throat> man, uh, the, like I said at the beginning, man, just not having any clue what was going on inside your brain. You were so good at masking mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, it, it, what would you, how do you, what is your advice to someone who is going through, who's struggling, who is in the job, who, who's, who is good at masking, who, who probably takes pride in the ability to go to work and put on that face and do the job and mm. fooling everybody around him? What is your advice to that person? You know, reach out. Um, if you would have told me five years ago that talking to someone was actually going to help me, I'd say you're full of shit. I don't want any part of that. Um, right. But, you know, like I've said to you in our in our conversations at work is I don't know what it does, but it but it helps um, the. Uh, I guess the reason why I told my beginning story. Um, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't feel sorry for myself. Um, and that's not why I told the story. It's everyone has a story. Uh, we all go through hard times in life and struggles. Uh, we deal with our weaknesses and our strengths. Um, some people are better at it than others. Um, but I think what I was missing was the foundation. I was missing from my early childhood, I was missing the foundation on how to deal with stuff and how to process things. So now, um, you know, my, my biggest asset to me is my wife. Um, I used to never talk about anything. I used to come home, not voice anything to her, any struggles that I was having with calls to it be whatever it may be. But Uh, personality issues at work or whatever it is. But now it's, I'm I'm an open book and I bounce things off of her. Um, I mean, without her, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, And, you know, I surround myself with, with great guys. Um, I cut out the negative bullshit. We see negative bullshit on the job. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do things that are positive. You know, I exercise, I eat right, I try to sleep as much, you know, get the eight hours in, you know, do all these positive things in life. Um, Because like, you know, Chief, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that's that's my new mission in life. You know, my my new birthday is uh, September 4th. September 3rd is the day that that um, you got the phone call. And, you know, that was the worst day of my life. Uh, September 4th is my new birthday and uh, you know it's my rebirth it's it's me growing as a human me growing as a man Um, 
But I wanted to share this story so others could know that if you do come to a life ambush, whatever it may be, lost of a loved one or whatever, there are resources out there that you can use, that you can use to get help, that you can use to uh, not take the negative turn like I did um, and use alcohol or drugs to mask those feelings. Um, uh, the, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, it, our society wants always to take the easy way out. And the easy way out to me is to drink and suppress those. The hard thing to do is face them and confront them, you know. So I don't run anymore. I hit them head on. But I want to give the listeners out there, whoever it may be, that from the, the darkest moment in my life to where I am today is night and day difference. And I, oh, didn't no think, there, I don't think that there is uh, – I don't think that there there's any way to describe it better than that is uh I I never thought that I could get got out of that rut. And it uh, you know I was in the toilet bowl and I was just spinning and spinning and spinning. So and it, and then for everybody you know the Kyle the rest of Kyle's story is unbelievable amount uh, uh an unbelievable recovery and uh shining example of recovery from that deep dark hole that he was in uh and it is um yeah it's inspiring if you if you know the man um i'm proud to have him as a major on my shift and he's a shining example to his men and he invests in those men uh you mentioned that it was hard on your boys when you went away how has that affected your relationship how how um open are you with them about what all you went through um so my oldest is eight and uh my middle is seven and then we have a two-year-old and from time to time i'll ask them you know do you ever um because when i was drinking i wasn't a i wasn't angry i wasn't violent you know yeah, i just kept you, i kept to myself you were fun but, you were you were a good guy man. Yeah. around the station or away from the station right I, you know i you know i i kept to myself and i did my thing um uh but I asked them, you know, just probably it's it's been about a month ago, um, you know, because they know I don't drink alcohol anymore. Right. And where all of our friends drink alcohol and we're around them all the time. And sure. they he asked me, he said, Dad, how come you don't drink beer? And I said, do you ever remember me drinking beer? And he said, no. And I said, well, it's just a choice I'm deciding not not to to make. You know, I don't. I don't want to go down that, you know, and I, I think as they get older, um, you know, I will explain to them. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's I'm not I'm not ashamed. I used to be like um, when I first got back, you know, I was very ashamed of everything that I went through. I felt very weak. Um, like I couldn't handle my my shit and um, I, w I was ashamed of it. But where I am today is. I wear my scars with fucking honor and uh, I'm proud of everything that I've been through in life because it's, it's made, it's made me who I am today. And uh, I'm very proud of that. Uh, I pride myself in being a great father and a great husband and a great firefighter. Um, you know, I have the attitude of every day is a new day. Um, 
and I'm not going to sit up here and bullshit and, and, and say, you know, every day is lollipops and gumdrops because it's not, right. you know, but, um, I believe in, in, uh, trying to do the best that you can every day because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So I, I want to no. leave the imp- Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, you know, I want to leave an impact on, uh, you know, if tomorrow is my last day, I want to leave an impact on my kids, on the guys I work with and, uh, anyone that is in contact with me. Because well, I know, I know this, I know you enjoy holding me accountable. Yes. You're not scared to do it. So, yes. Uh, I appreciate that. Sometimes yes. I don't appreciate it, but I do appreciate it. Right. We're so, going to grind it out. Well, brother, I can say this. I, I, uh, did not know what to expect having you come on and share your story. I knew you wanted to share it. And, and if it helps, like you said, if it helps one guy in West Virginia who sees it one day and saves him from going down your road, it is worth a share. Absolutely. Um, and, and the best part of your story isn't the dark. I mean, obviously it's not the dark place you were at. It's how far you've come since then and the help you found and your recovery and your strength and the example that you can be for other people. Um, and of course you're, your wife and kids and, and everything like that and how, how, uh, into the job you are now and everything, man. So I cannot thank you enough for coming on the scrap, sharing something so personal, um, just in the off chance it would help somebody who sees it. Absolutely. And so for that, I say thank you, man. Um, I really don't have much to add because this, like, uh, you're one of my best friends in life and, uh, I love you, uh, and appreciate you as a major and thank you for coming on and sharing that. So I, I, I got much, not much else to say except thank you. I appreciate so, it. As always, uh, the viewers out there, if you know, reach out to those people on your shift. Cause I, I can't stress this enough is this cat, uh, right here had everybody fooled that his life was perfect. So reach out and, and, and just ask, how are you doing? Cause it is a, uh, you, I'm lucky enough not to regret that I, that, that he didn't get help and didn't recover. I'm lucky in that regard. So other than that, uh, just reach out to your brothers and sisters in the fire service, brothers and sisters in your family. And, uh, thank you, Kyle, for coming on. Absolutely, so, man. I appreciate it. Everybody out there, I hope the tone stays silent, unless, of course, it's burning. Uh, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.